0: So we got into that business sort of slowly, but uh, soon realized that, man, if we needed this and our biggest customers needed this, there's a need for this in the community.
1: This is episode 332 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. For 15 years, Dalton, Georgia has been going about their business, offering fast, affordable, reliable connectivity to the community. Well we finally have them on the show to talk about the history of their fiber network, OptiLink, and what's next for them? Hank Blackwood from OptiLink took some time out of his schedule to talk with Christopher for this week's show. Hank describes the community's need for the network, which started with other utilities, and as they soon realized, extended to business and residential connectivity. He talks about the updates they've made and the new technologies they've introduced to the community, including their new video product that has been driving up subscriptions, and the new gig offering. Christopher and Hank also discuss some of the many ways the infrastructure has helped Dalton, from economic development and entrepreneurship to telehealth and meeting the diverse cultural needs of the community. Now here's Christopher talking with Hank Blackwood from OptiLink in Dalton, Georgia.
2: Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell with the Institute for Local Self-Reliance up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Today I'm speaking with someone from one of the original fiber-to-the-home communities, Hank Blackwood, the Chief Technical Services Officer for Dalton Utilities and the Network OptiLink. Welcome to the show, Hank.
0: Hello, glad to be here.
2: I'm I'm very excited to be speaking to you. I've been um you know, we've made it a habit of trying to talk to all of the citywide municipal networks and you're one of the original ones. Uh so maybe you can start by telling us a little bit about Dalton. What's the, the region like around Dalton?
0: Dalton uh, primarily has you know it's referred to the uh as the carpet capital of the world. Uh It has been a sort of a manufacturing uh, community and really the region also, the surrounding counties, uh, and the textile business for years and years. Uh, The utility uh, started supplying water to the industry around the uh, turn of the 20th century. Uh, We So we've been around since the late 1800s and helped fuel that industry because it was a very water intensive industry. And then the years later went in with, you know, offered electricity and then natural gas. And now we do also do sewer collection. And of course, and recently uh, in the last uh, 18 or so years, we've gone into telecommunications um, to support that. so Dalton is a, is a unique uh, part of the state of Georgia uh, in this community, because of the amount of manufacturing and the and the uh, large amount of utility consumption in such a small such a small place
2: And Dalton's about thirty five thousand people, I think I saw, but your utilities go well beyond that
0: that's right we serve uh we serve uh customers in portions of six counties, and that our footprints are different for each of the various uh utility sectors but our largest utility is water,,
2: and I think you started at dalton as we as we talk about a little bit more about the broadband. You started at Dalton well before they began offering residential services based on all the utilities we've spoken with. I'm guessing that Dalton has been involved with telecommunications internally for a long time uh, but tell us a little bit about how the the utility got into it
0: originally uh, we were you know being what we were in uh, uh, facilities all over. We needed an ability to connect all of our pumping stations, substations, sewage lift stations, facility campuses, with the ability to just, you know, our simple, make phone calls, transfer data, and we were approaching quickly uh, uh, the old Y2K, uh, and we were not sure about our computer systems. Of course, a lot of things we had were very old. Uh, we had, were not, uh, uh if it worked we kept it so we were <laughs> right. still on a lot a lot of a lot of mainframe and dial up and those kind of things but we decided to start transitioning our uh SCADA system and went to the market for telecommunications products and they just weren't there or they were so expensive they were just cost prohibitive so we decided that we would build fiber uh, optic cable to our facilities and just build our own little internal network and we started doing that in the late nineties. It didn't take long for some of our larger customers uh, to see what we were doing. Of course you know our facilities, our largest facilities are near the largest manufacturing facilities. So, you know, having then at the time the, the three largest carpet manufacturers in the world located here, they started going, Hey, we could you know, we could use that. We need to do so and so and so we decided late 90s that we would start offering simple point-to-point Ethernet type services because all of the facilities that people wanted to, you know, that needed service were right next to our facility. So it was easy to do. So we got into that business sort of slowly, but soon realized that there was a, man, if we needed this and our and our biggest customers needed this, there's a need for this in the community and started talking to community leaders early 2000. And by 2003, we'd made the decision that we needed we needed to build a system for our customers and our you know everybody that's in Dalton is either associated with the carpet industry, either directly or indirectly, or they're you know support in a support role at another industry with chemical or machinery or any of those kind of things. So we thought this would be an opportunity to do that. So we just our board decided, our governing body decided in 2003. Let's offer a fiber-to-the-home type product and go from there and offer services that were just not available at the time. So we launched on the end of 2003 and uh, been doing it ever since.
2: (laughs) Right. Well, this is uh, the kind of thing that's been a – it's about a business atmosphere is what I'm hearing. It's about the business climate in the community.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: So rather than than going over all the things that have happened since then, let me just ask you if there's been any any highlights over the years that you've been offering this service and presumably transitioning from B-pon to G-pon and doing who knows what else.
0: Since we started, there's been a, we've been able to do a lot of firsts here in town. One is, of course, we're in our internet service. We were able to offer speeds easily 10 times what the competition could do with, uh, DSL, even before the days of, of DOCSIS, uh, modems. Uh, so we were, you know, we introduced, uh, 10 meg, uh, internet service to residents at the same price you could buy, you know, buy DSL. And, and today that has moved up to, uh, our basic service is 50 meg now. And, uh, we are in the process of launching, uh, one gig. And then soon after 10 gig to the home, And so over the years, we we brought uh, we brought some of the first HD programming to town. Uh, We also brought uh, some of the first to bring PVR, you know, home digital recording set top boxes to town. Uh, And now, after being in the video business for you know 15 years, we've we've decided uh, it's time to do something. You know, take that next step. Our video system's a little dated. Maybe want to use the word stale.
2: (laughs) Got some got some dust on it.
0: Well, that's right. That's right. And we went out to the market. We hired uh, uh, Excel Services to be uh, sort of our guide in looking for what's the best of breed product. We wanted to go with something that had quality and features that we had come to expect with you know uh, with sort of enterprise type uh, gear in the field. But we also did not want to build redo our cable TV head end only to have, well, it's just, a, you know, spend several million dollars and only be marginally better than what we had. So we were trying to find what was that next generation. So with uh, Excel's help, we went out and put together an RFP, went out to the market and came back with some great responses. And this company called Moby TV uh, popped up and uh, is basically a hosted video solution that did not require us to uh, invest in a huge head end all over again, but gave us the ability to offer, you know, all HD programming, whole home DVR services, being able to watch video on devices, uh, smartphones and tablets and PCs, being able to watch all your recorded content outside the house. We wanted to, we were wanting to go with a leading uh market leading type product but also future proof what we were putting in place because the it seems the paradigm that shift just keeps changing in the in the video market we didn't want to build something and then two years later be you know ancient again this quickening cycle of technology changes that you know continue to continue to go and go and go and go we've changed our internet speed you know Half, you know, half a dozen times over the years, but the cable product uh, just sort of stayed the same. Our, even our, our, our voice product added feature sets and you know, pricing advantages and you know, all these long distance you know, uh, packages, all these things that have changed, but the video product, so it needed to facelift. We've developed a product we call VidLink, which is our new video uh, service, and it's been launched here for a few months. And we are converting our existing customer base, and we are also adding—we're adding new customers uh, to our video product. Which there again, that had been sort of a flat business as far as customers go for some time. But now we're adding new customers, and so far the response has been—it's uh, been well received.
2: Let's be—let's be clear about that. Then I want to just going to clarify something. So you are—is Vidlink the Mobi product, and that's how you've branded yes. it? And and so it. In a time in which we're seeing the major cable companies nationally losing hundreds of thousands of subscribers, you're picking up new ones.
0: That's right. We have we have maybe we've maybe seen the bottom and we're on the way back the other direction. <laughs> yeah, because it, it is it is a hometown product. We take a lot of pride in being that hometown provider and so we took lots of input from our customer base on you know, to keep the channel packages a certain way and the feature sets that they really wanted to have. And so it's a, you know, it's, we feel like it was a, you know, it's a product that we, not only we think is a great product, but we, you know, there was a lot of customer input uh, to get to this point. So, uh, and I think everybody locally, you know, we all take pride in what we do here in, here in Dalton. So uh, I think folks are, Folks are, you know, be, want to be a part of that, and it is, it is a new and exciting product. It's a great, it's a great product with all the features. Uh, you use it once and you're hooked.
2: As a as a sports fan, are, do you have a lot of local sports on? Are you able to put like high school sports on it and things like
0: that? We do. The we living where we do in Dalton, we have we're part of the Chattanooga, Tennessee DMA, so we have all those networks there. And they cover a lot of, you know, Friday night high school football. Very important here. And then we, of course, we live in Georgia. So we pick up some of the networks from Atlanta. So we get the local high school football. We get the state, you know, Georgia football, Georgia Tech football, you know, pick up all those, uh, all those games. So, yeah, we have there and there's a local, a local TV station that does a little more in-depth coverage with coaches, shows and that type of thing. So, yeah, it, it's a great thing. Everybody gets to see that programming and one of the reasons we wanted to stay in this business in the cable business when so many folks are making decisions to move on or or give their customers to somebody else we still wanted to be we still wanted to have that link to our customer base and we thought if we can still provide a better value and that's really how we got into the business and something they can't get anywhere else that's what we want to do.
2: I want to jump back into some of the broadband-related questions. And so, uh, you know, you mentioned your your slowest speed that you offer is 50 megabit. Um, you're offering 100 megabit for those that wanted to jump up and a tier in between. Um, and I noticed that you've been doing 20 megabit uploads, it's something that a lot of a lot of people that listen to us are generally be interested in because many of us are doing produ- production stuff as well as um, consumption. Um, so I'm curious, as you're looking at that, I mean, it's a pretty decent speeds for what most people need, um, but you decided to make that jump to gigabit. What made you think that, that that this is the right time as opposed to waiting another year or two or something like that?
0: We see our internet usage, uh, besides the sheer number of customers, increase uh, all the time. We see that usage continue to Continued to rise is the sort of internet, internet of things. So many people are using it for different the internet for different things now. Two things: one, with this new VidLink product, we deliver it over our internet system here uh, locally. So we wanted to be sure that uh, folks could have, you know, we could offer a service with, say, with Gig, that they could do anything they needed to, plus have the video product without any issues of that. But two as a way to sort of drive the economy, attract businesses. We've seen several other cities that have launched gigabit service, uh, and it'd be just a, uh, you know, a, a boon for their, you know, economic, uh, development. We've had the ability, we've offered gig service for several years to our larger, uh, industrial type customers. We thought, you know, to be the, uh, to be the provider that provides that to the home. People recognize us as a technology city, so we've been pushing to get rid of all of our original Alcatel B-Pond gear. And now we've swapped swapped everybody over to some sort of gigabit Pond uh, uh, equipment. And so we are ready to launch our gigabit product. Uh, Matter of fact, we'll be launching that gigabit product next week.
2: Uh, This will air on Tuesday, so in fact it'll be this week.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, well good. Time travel. The 19th is the day.
2: That's exciting. How many so you mentioned the, earlier in the show that you have service in uh, six counties. Um is your internet service available to just about everyone in that area or is that different from your electric service?
0: It it, it is different. We our, our electric service primarily serves the the city of Dalton. In the state of Georgia, you have uh, territories that you're allowed to serve and whatnot with electric. We serve, of course, anywhere our electric footprint is, but we also serve outside of that. So we serve, Dalton is the, the county seat for Whitfield County. We serve a lot outside uh, of the city in Whitfield County. We also offer services uh, in the county east of here, uh, which is Murray County. We serve a lot of the city of Chatsworth and a lot of their industrial sector, which there again, it's textile manufacturing related. So we service primarily the most number of our customers are in Whitfield County, but we do have a fair amount of service in the next county over. And that there again is primarily broadband service for business and a lot of uh, not only internet service, but point to point managed area network type connections for businesses. We're doing a lot of businesses just like we did originally. They need phone service between their plants, internet service between their plants. so. Now they have their own private network, and so we do a lot of that between the between these two counties.
2: And if you don't mind me asking, what's your take rate in the, in the Dalton area in particular?
0: If you look at our, all of our services combined, we've uh, depending on the day you talk about it, it's between 60 and 65 percent, and there are pockets in our down our you know our downtown uh, district that's uh, over 90 percent.
2: One of the things that uh, we've seen in a number of places is, uh, regardless of how many people take the service, and that's a very impressive take rate um, compared to um, even other popular networks, um, is that there's still often the cable and telephone companies try to create um, anger and frustration and and just try to you know give you a black eye. I haven't seen anything like that in in the media um, in the in the times that we've looked. Uh, have you mostly escaped that, or are people just not buying it? What's the dynamic?
0: To be honest, when we first launched, not too many municipals had done this. And I really believe that the thought was, well, it's a flash in the pan.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: At the time, the telephone company that was the, the incumbent telephone provider was in transition. They'd been bought out by another provider and they were in transition. And the same thing with the cable system. It had been a, a local or regionally owned system and it had just been bought out by a national company And I believe everybody thought, well, it's just, you know, it's going to happen and go away. They don't know what they're doing. And it wasn't until we were in, we were probably two and three years into our uh, build out that we got a little bit of static in the newspaper. You know, there were some articles trying to talk about other places that had tried to do this and, uh, you know, they'd lost money and, you know, there was a little bit of that misleading information. But, it didn't seem to last very long. And, and I don't know if it's because now that national providers were, were offering services here, uh, the cable and telephone companies are offering services here. Maybe we were just small enough. We weren't on the radar or maybe we just, you know, being the hometown company, people just liked us so much. They just felt like <laughs> they didn't have trash. Not sure. We'll say it was the latter, but uh, it may have been <laughs> simply because we were just that small on everybody's radar.
2: Well, let me ask you then, you know based on all the years you've you've been working on this um, you know what, are there stories over the years that that just make you really proud of offering this service? I mean you know you seem like the kind of person who you certainly could have um, hooked on with a larger utility somewhere else in the southeast that wanted to build a network, but you've stuck around in dalton what What keeps you just really enthusiastic and knowing that you've done the right thing over the years
0: over the years have been great, uh, just great stories uh, one of which was uh early on we were able to uh, dalton has a fairly has a fairly significant hispanic population a lot of immigrants here because of the manufacturing part and because of the places where we where we sell we sell the goods here and where those go so we have a fairly large immigrant population one of the things that was a part of that culture was sort of internet cafes which had not been you know in this country we were sort of late uh late bloomers for that because of so many other countries, if you wanted internet service, you had to, uh, you know, go to an internet cafe. So we supported one of those, helped get one of those off the ground for a local, uh, immigrant businessman. And that was hugely successful. We were able to work with him and get him the kind of bandwidth he needed for a lot of users, uh, telephone service, uh, that was inexpensive for all of his, for all of his, uh, customers. That was one big thing. And it was, a, uh, you know, that was a great thing for the community. Uh, other things, uh, local uh, doctor's office, a guy who was sort of innovative trying to go to an all electronic type system when nobody else is doing that and needed the ability to have to be able to tie his two offices together and his uh, third party billing company closer to real time. So he would not have to have the staff to manage insurance and keep up with all those kind of things, So he could do that stuff in almost real time. And basically, the doctor or the uh, or the physician's assistant uh, from a laptop could have that information, and before they left your room, you know, have your you know verify that your prescriptions were covered and your your the, the procedure or condition or therefore was covered, and you know you were able to walk out the door with a printout of everything you needed and your prescription your prescriptions sent to uh, the, the local pharmacy or whatnot, and that was another big thing that he sort of took advantage of and we were able to provide because of at the time we were offering what was really high speed internet. And there you mentioned the upload speeds in those days, the upload speeds were uh, five megs and that was unheard of. You couldn't even get download speeds that, that level. So that was a big change. More recently we've been able to, with companies that are doing distance learning for like safety and training and product training and safety, Those type of things, we've been able to offer those guys the ability to do that and keep from bringing people to Dalton and having to house them locally and all those kind of things. They can conduct that those training seminars at all their facilities. You know, some of the carpet industries here have got offices across North America and some in Europe, and then we can help support that distance learning. Additionally, uh, being a part of uh, our local school systems, being able to provide service for uh, local school systems. Uh, city and county school systems, uh, all the things that we hear about with now kids taking tablets home and being able to provide, you know, affordable internet service for kids to be able to, you know, do uh, video learning when they go home. They've got, you know, their textbooks on a tablet and they can watch uh, educational YouTube videos and Vimeo videos uh, and all those type of things that comes along with, with the internet age. We've been able to provide that also, and here in just the last couple of uh, months, uh, we've had a local company, uh, young a young fella, uh, developed a uh, product uh, for uh, his uh, his Lego building where he. Uh,
2: you have my attention. <laughs>
0: <okay>. <laughs> he was able to to develop a a glue product. Uh, that he could put on his Lego bricks when he built something. So when he dropped them, they wouldn't bust into a thousand pieces. And it was, you could pull the glue off. Uh, He sort of describes it as the sticky notes for, uh, you know, for uh, Lego products. And he developed that here in town. And he credits being able to have not only high-speed internet, but, you know, a stable, low-latency internet connection as he was developing, helping develop this product. And he's since made it to Shark Tank. And he's been taken on with an investor to grow his business. That's a big plus uh, also we've got uh, a lady that's recently came forward that runs a local counseling center and the ability to take specialists in a field that may not be available here locally because of the size of the town she can put clients in touch with uh, you know specialist doctors or therapists in other places with real time there again uh, low latency consistent video connection so, just a lot of good things, uh, a lot of good things that come out of that. Yeah, that make you look forward to getting up and coming to work every day.
2: Yeah, it certainly seems like, you know, um, there's a, a sense, I think, that if you live in a in a town outside of a metro region that you might be you know, missing some things. But uh, you're doing a lot of things down there that I can't do, you know, here in a, in a major metro because I'm stuck on a, a cable connection I have no control over. One of the things you said that really resonated with me was, discussing the video package and services that people actually wanted with the community. You know, the only time I get a call from my cable company, it's they're trying to sucker me into taking another package or something like that. So, um, <laughs> I can definitely see how, you know, you can we would add- be
0: more than happy for your company to move to Dalton. We've got a place <laughs> for you. would be glad for you to move here.
2: I appreciate that. You let me know when you have uh, proper winters with lots of snow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, this is this has been really great. I'm glad to have uh to learn more about the network and I'm I'm thrilled about your success. Excited about the new Vidlink product, the the gigabit 10 gigabit services. Uh sounds like you all are doing great.
0: Yep, yep. And uh, like I said, this new Vidlink, this new Vidlink video product, we've had a beta we had a beta trial that was going along and it was it was great. We've had a uh beta trial with our gig product and all that has been you know very positive, so uh, lots, of, lots of good things happening at, uh, at Dalton Utilities.
2: Great. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today.
0: Thank you, sir. Enjoyed it.
1: That was Christopher with Hank Blackwood from OptiLink in Dalton, Georgia. We have transcripts for this and other podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadbandbits. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at nets. Follow Muninetworks.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at Muninetworks. Subscribe to this podcast and the other ILSR podcasts. You can access them wherever you get your podcasts. Don't miss out on our original research. Subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ILSR.org. And while you're there, please take a moment to donate. Thank you to Arnie Hughesby for the song "Warm Duck Shuffle," licensed to Creative Commons. And thanks for listening to Episode 332 of the Community Broadband Bits Podcast.